Well, praise the Lord. This is Pastor Jerry coming at you again from Word of Victory Sanctuary. Praise the Lord. Again, uh, standing here in an empty room, but uh, I'm grateful that you're all listening in, watching in. Praise God. We're just grateful that you're connecting with us. Amen. It's always an honor and a privilege to bring the Word of God to you. And uh, again, we're just, uh, uh, you know, ready to move forward. Amen. So anyway, I got a message for you today for midweek service, and uh, we're just grateful that you're, you're connecting with us. So we call you blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Again, uh, let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10, please. And, uh, of course, our midweek services, we've been talking about uh, many of our patriarchs of faith, all right? And uh, just give me, a, I'll give you the key verse here. It just says this in verse 11, 1 Corinthians 10, verse 11. Now, all these things happened to them as examples and they were written for our admonition or our instruction or our teaching upon whom the ends of the ages have come. Now, of course, in context, talking about the children of Israel and uh, things that they went through, things that happened, and we're to take, take note of that. Uh, you know, uh, Scripture also talks about that these things that happened to those in the Old Covenant were types and shadows of things to come. So things we can glean, things that we can learn, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Of course, in this text, talking about the children of Israel, uh, dealing with really on a sense of more of a negative side of things that they went through and why they went through what they did and we're to learn from that, you know, so that we don't make the same uh, foolish error or same mistakes or whatever, all right? So what we've been doing over the last, uh, you know, several months here in our midweek services is coming at you talking about some of our patriarchs of faith. We spent several weeks with, uh, with David, King David. Uh, we spent several weeks uh, with Abraham. Uh, we've talked about uh, Daniel, we've talked about Gideon, I think is who we had last week, and today we're going to talk about a man named Caleb, all right, so we're going to talk about. And so if you will, turn with me to the book of Numbers, the book of Numbers, please, and uh, we're going to maybe read a key verse with it, and then I'm going to back up and read some more of this. So uh, Numbers in chapter 14, verse 24 Talking about Caleb, it says this, but my servant Caleb, okay, and this is, this is what God had to say about him, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, I will bring into the land uh, where he went and uh, his descendants shall inherit it. So there's a good promise for him. And we'll come back to that and talk about that in a minute. But so we're, we're noticing that Caleb is referred to as a man with a different spirit a man with a different spirit. So let's define that real quick before we kind of move into what we got for you today. The word different here just speaks of another, okay, another spirit. In fact, that word spirit is that same word. It means breath. So he's just of a different spirit, a different breath, all right? So another distinct, it also means, uh, the word different again means separate or like no other. Uh, it even uses the word strange, but in the sense of it's something unusual, Okay, so, you know, he's, it's, it, this is not normal. This, this individual is un, unusual, all right? So he's got a different spirit about him. The word also means a following spirit, okay, which is going to be key here in a little bit here. All right, so let's go to uh, back here a chapter, to verse chapter 13, please. And we're going to kind of uh, pick up uh, in uh, verse 1 of chapter 13, we're going to, Again, talk about this man named Caleb and about his spirit. He's got a different spirit about him, okay? So uh, verse 1 says, And the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Send men to spy out the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the children of Israel. Okay, so the promised land, all right? From each tribe of their fathers you shall send a man, uh, everyone a leader among them, so Moses sent them from the wilderness to, uh, of Paran, okay, according to the command of the Lord, all of them men, uh, so you got to read this, who were heads of the children of Israel. So there's, there's 12 men that were picked, one from every tribe, okay, all leaders. See, they're already, have already, in a sense, uh, maybe proven their, themselves a little bit as leaders, okay, so they've uh, you know, by their peers, they're considered leaders, okay? Okay, that could be good, that could be bad, right? Well, for 10 of them, it was bad, okay? Uh, for two of them, it was a good thing, okay? We see some good results. 
And uh, so there's many, uh, you know, there's 12 different <coughs> individuals here. Uh, many of them, uh, most people don't have, you know, don't, don't recall. There's Shamu, there's Shaphat, okay, Ilgal, uh, Paltai, uh, Gadiel, Gadi, Emuel, Sethur, Nabai, and Gul. Okay, now there's 10 names right there that most people don't have a clue about. Well, because those are the 10 uh, that brought an evil report. And, of course, they, you know, they end up uh, dead in the wilderness, okay? And that's why we don't recall their names so much, okay? But who we do recall is the other two men is Caleb and Joshua, of course. So both of these men um, were of the 12 that went in to spy out the land. Those two come back, okay? They're, they're coming back with a good report. They're coming back, uh, you know, with a different uh, attitude or a different mindset, which is going to be another key thing probably today, a, a different mindset concerning the promised land, okay? And both of those men, of course, go on uh, to, uh, to go in. They all go on to go bring the next generation into the promised land. Those two are the only two of those 12 uh, that, that get to do that, all right? And uh, so both these men, in a sense, have a lot of similarities, but also they, they both have their own uniqueness, too. Uh, you know, the thing we find out about uh, Caleb, uh, it's, it, you know, even his name refers to a dogged determination, something that's determined, okay, uh, that, that's got a, a, a force or a drive, okay. Uh, we see um, uh, Joshua, I think his name actually means uh, Jehovah saves or Jehovah sets free. In fact, Joshua was uh, the name that, that Moses gave him, okay? Hoshea was, I think, was his real name, but then uh, Moses gave him the name Joshua, okay, or Yeshua, okay? Uh, so anyway, uh, so there's, both these men have some similarities, but we're probably going to focus primarily on, on Caleb today, all right, and why he was referred to as a man with a different spirit, okay, a different spirit, praise God, hallelujah. So let's go back, let's go back uh, to that verse again in chapter 14 and verse 24, and we're going to go, you know, back up again, but I just want to bring something out here, because I'm going to bring out, I think, about, you know, maybe four different areas that makes this man Caleb unique, okay, this different spirit, what was that defined again, this distinct, separate, like no other spirit, this, this strange or unusual spirit spirit, a following spirit. And that's really kind of the first thing we're going to bring out here in verse 24 again, the same verse we read earlier. But my servant, chapter 14, verse 24, my servant Caleb, because he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully, amen, because he has followed me fully, I will bring into the land where he went. In other words, as he went as a spy to go spy out the land, he said, into that land where he went, I'm going to give it to him, to him and his descendants, right? His descendants shall also inherit it, all right? So that's a promise to him, which is key because of where we're going to go with this today before we're done. But the first thing it says about him, he followed me fully, okay? Now, we know uh, according to uh, uh, Numbers 30, or yeah, Numbers 32, chapter 32, it brings out that both Joshua and Caleb had this about it. They both followed God fully. Okay, so that's kind of a key thing. They followed fully, all right? So uh, back to this verse again. Uh, he, because uh, he has a different spirit in him and has followed me fully. Because of that, he, comes, he goes in and, and gets his promised land. So it's got to be key. Now, you think about you and, you and me as children of God. We have promises, things that have been promised to you and me, uh, you know, throughout the Word of God. So the reason these are so, uh, you know, this is so necessary to understand some of these keys about Caleb um, is, is because you and me, we, we, you know, for our own admonition, our own instruction, we glean something uh, off this man because we too have promises we too, in a sense, have a promised land, a land that flows with milk and honey, the Scripture says, a promised land. It just means a, a prosperous way of life and living, okay? So we, we too have a promised land to obtain. Well, Joshua and Caleb obtained it. The rest of them didn't. That next generation 
goes in and obtains it. This first generation, did, none of them got to uh, experience it, okay? So we're seeing, uh, uh, you know, there's some truths here to grab hold of, okay? So one of them is, uh, it says here that he, and well, both, both these men did this, fully followed him. Followed him fully, I think is how it's worded. Followed him uh, fully, praise God. So let's define that, okay? So what does that mean, to follow fully, all right? It means to pursue to the full, okay? And that speaks of something wholly, like W-H-O-L-L-Y, wholly or completely. And it literally means till complete. So when I'm saying completely, I'm saying till complete, okay? And that's key, okay? It means fully accomplish, okay? So what we're seeing about Caleb, okay, and I guess in a sense Joshua too of this, okay, but there's no hesitation, no wavering, uh, no indecision, uh, no uncertainty, no options, okay, till done or till complete, fully, followed fully, which means I'm willing to go the distance, okay, I'm willing to go all the way here, okay, now this is key. Because as children of God, okay, a lot of times what we see uh, in the body of Christ, I've been, you know, I've been in this a lot of years, um, you know, uh, maybe to some I might even st still seem like a, a young whippersnapper, I guess, but, uh, uh, you know, but for others, you know, I've, you know, I've been in this thing now for over 30 years, and I've seen a lot of people come and a lot of people go. I've seen a lot of people start and a lot of people not finish. Okay, now I'm not saying that in time they couldn't come to a place of repentance and turn around and, and get back involved again. I, I'm not saying that couldn't happen, but we've just over the years seen a lot of people who have started that didn't finish. Okay, and what we're seeing with Caleb, okay, a man with a different spirit, okay, really we're seeing a no-quit spirit. Fully followed. Followed fully. Okay, till complete. See, a lot of people are saying they're following God, but they're not, they're not, they're not completing anything. Okay, they're just, they're just, you know, maybe appeasing their own conscience by saying, you know, I follow God. Okay, but, uh, and again, not, we're not here to condemn. We're not here to scold anybody. We're just trying to say these are keys, you know, when it comes time to possessing our promised land. Okay, is a big part of it has to be a no-quit spirit. A different spirit. You got to maintain that kind of spirit, because not every moment uh, everything seems to line up like you want it to. So you got to be willing on the inside that no matter where we're at at the moment, no matter where we're at in a sense on the timeline of our walk in God, that we're still purposed on the inside to fully follow Him. We're going to go the distance. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not how we start, but it's how we finish. And many times we've, we've brought that out from behind this pulpit. You know, we've, uh, we're always grateful when we hear the testimonies of people who've come to Christ and all the great things that happened in the beginning when they came to know the Lord. And even, you know, many of you watching or listening right now, you might have had a glorious uh, conversion. Mine was probably kind of boring compared to some people's that I've heard, you know. Uh, you know, mine was just uh, driving down the car and I've already heard some uh, truths and uh, you know, got to witness some things, and I, I just made it. I was by myself. I made a decision for Christ as I was driving down the road. Just says, "Lord, if you can do anything with this guy, uh, here I am. Use me." You know, and that's kind of about it. I didn't know what else to say. I was dumb as a stump when it came time to a lot of the, you know, a lot of Christian uh, uh, thinking and and stuff. I just had seen some things, saw some truths, and decided, you know what, I want to receive that, and and I did. Okay. So mine, in a sense, in a lot of ways, is boring compared to a lot of people. Some people, man, have, you know, some glorious thing happen to them, uh, you know, and so that's wonderful. We all rejoice in all that. We're grateful for the glorious things, how people start. But it isn't just how we start that's important, okay? In fact, it's probably even more important how we finish than how we start. And I don't think that's a, a false statement. I think that's, that's pretty accurate, okay? So... Uh, you know, it's how we finish, all right? Are we going to fully accomplish? Or am I just going to lay down in the midst of whatever pressure it is? Or am I going to get up, rise up, and fight, so to speak, go the distance, amen, regardless, praise God. Hallelujah. we got to finish 
strong or fully accomplish, amen, fully follow Him. Amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. You know, um, over the years, you know, kind of a, one of those statements I make, you know, that there's, there's uh, things that you find in the Word of God, just some basic principles of, of, of godly principles. Now, I'm not talking about worldly principles. There's a lot of worldly principles too, but, and the Word says to avoid that. But we're talking about the godly principles of Christ, okay? And there's just some basic principles that work, okay? And, and one of those uh, principles of success, I could say, is the fact that you gotta, you got to be a no-quit person. You, get, you, can't, you can't quit when the pressure's on, okay? Uh, you know, that's just one of those uh, patterns of success, so to speak. You know, a pattern of defeat would be just give up. You know, a lot of people that, you know, they just give up in the midst of pressure, okay? The going gets a little tough, and they, they're backing up instead of moving forward, okay? And just a basic principle of Christ or a basic pattern of success, I could say, is just move forward. Okay, purpose to go the distance, you know, and, and, and many times in the midst of pressure, or the circumstances that we're under, I can say even personally, many times it was just that dogged determination to just keep going. You just put one foot in front of the other and you just keep going. And many times that was the only thing that that really got me. Uh, you know, where I, where I got to, I mean, in certain areas of my life. It was just, just kept going, okay? Because there were moments it didn't look good. There were moments it didn't sound good. There were moments that it didn't look like anything was in my favor, okay? Uh, it didn't look like, man, I had, the, I had the hand, you know, the right hand here, you know, and, uh, you know, everything looked like, you know, uh, you know that, that everything was stacked against me, okay? But I just kept going, okay? And, uh, and learn some things. Sometimes, some, of that, some of that stuff could be my own mistakes or my own error or something or something, my own choices maybe or decisions that I made earlier on or something. But regardless, you just put one foot in front of the other and you keep running your race. You keep moving forward. A no-quit spirit. You got you to gotta operate with that. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. I get kind of preachy on that. Amen. Let's back up again in chapter 13 again. So that's one of the biggest things about uh, Caleb was that he, was a, he fully followed God, okay? In other words, to the end, okay? And that's pretty key considering who, who he was hanging with here, okay? All right, so let's go back to chapter 13 again. Okay, now uh, uh, verse 25, it says, And they returned from spying out the land after 40 days. So the, that 12 men went in for 40 days. Okay, now they're back. Verse 26, Now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron and all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Paran and, and at Kadesh. Okay, they brought back word uh, to, to all the people, right, to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. And they told him and said, We went to the land where you sent us, and it truly flows with milk and honey, and this is its fruit. In other words, it's a prosperous land, okay? It's going to be a, it's a, a pro producing land, a prosperous land, a productive uh, a place, okay? It produces something, okay? A land that flows with milk and honey. That's what it refers to. Verse 28, nevertheless, uh-oh, here's where we, this nevertheless thing, this thing can kind of mess you up here. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong, okay? Uh, the word strong there means harsh or fierce, okay? The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there, okay? Hallelujah. That's, that's what they're talking about. They're talking about, man, they're these bigger these men of great stature, okay? Uh, the Amalekites dwell in the land of the south, the Hittites uh, and the Jebusites and the Amorites and a whole bunch of otherites, okay? They're all over the place, right? They dwell in the mountains, and the Canaanites are by the sea along the banks of the Jordan. So what's happening is uh, these, really what we're finding out is these 10 uh, of the 12 are, you know, they start saying, yeah, it's just like God said, but... Okay, but, okay, nevertheless, now, and then they start giving, okay, we're giving you good news, now we're going to give you all the bad news, okay? Well, that's where they went wrong, because, remember, they're leaders. 
They're people of influence. This isn't just some, some average Joe, so to speak, uh, you know, that just, you know, eeny, meeny, miny, mo. You know, they pick somebody, you know, out of the group and, and said, we're just going to, uh, you know, we're going to draw straws here and see who has the short and that's who gets to go. No, these were all people that were handpicked by their tribes who are leaders of their tribe, who are influencers of their tribe, and here they are now giving bad, uh, bad news, okay? And we know, you know, after the fact that obviously it was evil report, it was bad news, but Caleb now interrupts because he sees what's going on. You know, there's news being spread, and remember, they're talking in front of hundreds of thousands of Israelites, okay, many of your scholars believe there was, it was actually in the millions of how many were out there in the wilderness, how many of Israelites were actually there, each tribe consisting of hundreds of thousands of, of people, okay, and again, that just, again, shows you the magnitude of each one of these men that were picked, you know, we're talking one man picked out of you know, hundreds of thousands of other men maybe in that one tribe, one man pick. So that, just thinking about the importance of that. So now Caleb is, is hearing this report being spoke to the children of Israel, and now there's, there's grumbling and murmuring and, and people getting panicked, and, and you know, it's like, it's like this coronavirus thing. Everybody get, uh, you know, gets all kind of weirded out, Okay. And uh, again, we're, we're not making light of the situation, but we're just saying how everybody gets, hears something, and all of a sudden, everybody starts expecting the worst. Everybody starts seeing the worst. Oh, my gosh, we're all going to die. Our families are going to die, blah, 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 blah. I mean, all this kind of stuff. And that's what's going on. And Caleb is noticing there's this murmur, so to speak, going across the, the congregation and he tries to interrupt it because he can tell that it's going south real fast here. So Caleb interrupts, all right? In verse uh, 30, then Caleb quieted the people before Moses and said, let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. We are well able. So Caleb not only was a man who fully followed God, but a man who believed that he could. And believe, really, in this case, he believed that they could. He not only would just look at the fact that he knew what he could do, he said, man, he said, let us go up at once and take. He said, well, we've got to do it now. Don't, don't let all this fester. We've got to go now. Let's do what God said to do. Let's take possession. Let's take the land, praise God. For we are well able to overcome it, praise God. We are well able to overcome it. Hallelujah. Well able. Hallelujah. How many know you're well able? We're well able to possess our land. Amen. To possess our promise. Philippians 4, you know, a common text, but says that, we're, that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. Amen. See, in Christ we can do that. And, and really, in, in a sense, in that anointing, that word Christ, an anointing, and a, uh, that anointed one and his anointing is kind of how it's defined. So when you think about that we can do all things through Christ, which strengthens us. So in that anointed, with the help of the anointed one and in his anointing, we can do all things. Amen. That's why, that's why you got the greater one on the inside. You can, you're able to do this, praise God. Amen. I, uh, I always get reminded, one of my favorite stories, uh, you know, as far as the, the miraculous, is out of Mark 9. And we've got the, 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 uh, the father who brings his son who uh, has epileptic seizures, okay? Um, and, uh, uh, you know, he, he brings him to the disciples, and the disciples, you know, pray, and nothing changes. And, and then all of a sudden now, uh, this father's, uh, confronted with, with the master himself, with Jesus, okay? And he says, listen, if you can do anything, heal my boy. All right, that was, you know, we're talking really coming from, from a, a heart of a father who's been, you know, through a lot, okay, and seeing this. And you can only imagine the kind of, you know, kind of intensity there'd be there, you know, because of everything this father's been through, you know, seeing his boy go through what he goes through. 
And so he just addresses Jesus and listen, you know, you know, basically it's because, you know, everything we've ever tried, nothing works really. And we brought him to your disciple, couldn't change anything. You know, if you can do anything, you know, if you can do anything, heal my son, you know. Well, Jesus didn't back down and say, now, wait a minute, settle down. No, he just says, if you can believe. We see that, I believe it's in verse 23 of Mark 9. He says, you know, if you can believe. He's talking to the Father. If you can believe, all things are possible to him who will believe. I, gotta, I just got to change your mentality. I got to change your thinking if we're going to see this thing work. And that same thing he told the Father is the same thing that I'm telling you, and the same thing really is the same word to all of us, is that if you can believe, all things are possible. So Caleb understands that, listen, God said we can do this. And if God said we can do this, then we can do this. We're able to do this. Amen. And if we, we just connect and go, and we just head in now, we can possess this land just like God said. The problem is the, the negative seed's been sown, and now what happens is people are, are believing the worst instead of the best. All right? So the, the next thing I wanted to bring out about Caleb was that he, he's a man who believed that they could. Amen. Hallelujah. He, he wasn't defeat-minded. All right? He was, he was conquer or success-minded, I could say. Uh, you know, uh, he wasn't negative, okay? Uh, he was more uh, optimistic, all right, more positive, all right? And when you think about this different spirit, okay, this no-quit spirit, okay, you're going to have to be more optimistic. You can't just, you know, just cave to every time you hear a negative report. And again, we're not here to scold anybody. I, sometimes I think when I get it, talking this, I get a little intense, and I don't, I don't want people, you know, thinking I'm beating on you. That's not my heart. But I tell you what, as a child of God, you better figure out who you are, all right? Better figure it out, all right? And if God says you can do all things through Christ, then you can do all things through Christ. You can be all he's called you to be. You can fulfill what he asked you to fulfill. You can complete whatever it is he's asked you to complete. You can do this. And a, a different spirit is going to be that individual that says, no matter what's going on at the moment, I know I can do this. No matter what I'm hearing, I can fulfill this. No matter how it looks or how it sounds, I can go all the way. I can, I can do this, praise God. And that's the kind of guy Caleb was like. Amen. Hallelujah. And I do want to bring some things to your attention. Okay. Remember now, this man Joshua, or probably this man Caleb and his friend Joshua, okay, these two men go in with the second generation, okay? What was the difference between the, what, what the first group here, okay, could have done versus what the second group, okay, 40 years later, mind you, okay, that second group goes in. What was the difference? It's the same enemy. It's the same land. It's the same circumstances. It's the same, uh, same landscape. None of that's changed in 40 years. The only thing that's changed is a different mindset. All right? From believing that you can't to believing that you can. And that's what, that's what he had to get rid of. He had to get rid of that mindset. To sit and think that you can't. Man, it's like you forget who's in you. You forget who's on your side. You forget you forget what, uh, you know, what you have as, as uh, tools and weaponry at your disposal. You forget about the word. You forget about the promises. You forget about your armor. You forget about the spirit of God himself. You know, the breath of God breathing in you on a day-to-day -day basis. You forget about the biddings and the promptings and the leadings of an almighty God. The one that created it all is on your side and leading you. You have no reason to quit. No reason to give up. If anything, this is the moment now we step up to the plate and we get her done, praise God. This is what we do. This is how we do it. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, I think about um, many of this, you know, uh, I can't even remember now who even said it, but believe you can, believe you can't, either way, uh, it, you're right. And that's just the fact. That's what we see with this with the children of Israel, it's a, a statement that just fits them, okay? This first group believed they couldn't, so guess what? They didn't. The next group, they believed they could, all right? And they did, 
all right? And, uh, you know, we talk about multiple victories that they went in and conquered the land. Well, this man, Caleb, was one of those key men that ramrodded that next generation that went in, him and Joshua, all right? Because he had a spirit, a different spirit, a no-quit spirit, praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I can't remember now which, uh, which college uh, coach uh, said this, but I remember it was uh, one of the college coaches uh, made the statement that winning maybe ne isn't necessarily everything, but wanting to win is everything. You know, uh, you know so wanting to win, a no-quit spirit. Okay, maybe winning every game isn't always, you know, so super vital, but, but wanting to win. See, that's the difference here, okay? That's the difference between this first group versus the second group that went in. That was the difference with Caleb, okay? Caleb always wanted to win. He wasn't just going to lay down and quit, right? See, uh, uh, a wanting to win is a, is a never give up, never letting up, never be satisfied with status quo, never be satisfied with mundane, okay? You're willing to step up to the plate and move forward regardless. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Okay, let's, uh, let's go find out another thing about him here. So let's, let's read on again. We're, in, we're still in chapter 13. Let's read verse 31. I hope you're getting something here. I hope I'm not boring you. All right. Verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him, so now we're back, see, Caleb has verse 30, okay, he tries to interrupt it and say, let's, you know, let's get this thing turned the other way, but obviously it's a little too late. So verse 31 says, but the men who had gone up with him, in other words, the other 10, because we find out later Joshua was not involved in it, Joshua was with Caleb on this thing, but so the other 10 men, we, can, we could say, who went up with him, says, We are not able to go up against the people, for they are stronger than we. Okay? That's how they saw that. Okay? They are stronger than we. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of the land which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land, here we go, that devours its inhabitants and all the people whom we saw in it are men of great stature. And then it talks about those from Anak again. It says, there we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak, uh, that, which came from the giants, and we were like, here we go, grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we were in their sight. Which, I, you know, I always, I always get so baffled by that. I'm thinking, what would you do, go up and take a survey and ask them, you know, uh, you know, take a look at me. Do you think I'm a grasshopper? I don't, I don't get it, okay? Well, what it is, see, it's a mindset. That's what happens with a defeat mindset, a negativity. You have a tendency to view things different, okay? It may not be at all accurate, okay? You're, they're, they're looking at themselves and seeing themselves as small and then comparing themselves with those in the promised land and somehow or another, Turning a, a you know a molehill into a mountain by their you know looking at their size for some odd reason they so they're seeing themselves as less than or beneath them or weaker than them smaller than them not able to do what God said because of a mindset okay and the next thing I'm going to talk about with with Caleb is that. Uh, you know, he didn't limit God. And we're going to see that here in a second. What we're seeing now, they're limiting God. They've completely taken God out of the equation. I'm talking about the other 10 here. And so what's happened now is it's spreading throughout the congregation. Everybody and their dog has forgot about the one who led them out of Egypt. So what we have is still a bondage and Egypt, or literally the Scripture calls it the house of bondage mentality. They still see them, even though they're out of Egypt. It's like, you know, he got them physically out of Egypt, but mentally they're still in Egypt. They're still under bondage. They've literally forgot about the fact that we have a God who's called us to do this. Now remember, okay, he not only led them out of Egypt, after miracle, after miracle, after miracle, let him out, brought him across the sea 
right? Opened up the sea, they crossed, all this happens, right? Not only that, we have a pillar of cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night that is there every day. I mean, while they're saying we can't do this, they're probably staring at a, a pillar of cloud with the presence of God right there. But somehow they've got you know, to a place where they've mentally somehow seen that as some normal something or another. I don't know how they did it, how they could do this. But they're looking at a God who did everything for them and still trying to compare themselves with the world, in this case, in that, you know, those of the, the uh, in that promised land. And all they see is, all they can do is see themselves as less than, not able to do anything. You know, in yourself, and even Jesus said, in myself, I can do nothing. And we even know in uh, John, uh, I believe it's John uh, 15, he brings out, you know, in ourselves, we can do nothing. But he's not asking you to do this in your, by yourself and, and without his help. He's with you, all right? So don't limit God. All right, well, let me get back to the story here. Okay, so this is how they see himself. So now we're in chapter 14. Let's go to verse 1. So all the congregation lifted up their voices and cried. <laughs> so now they're all, oh, you know, and, and the people wept that night. Boy, some of this sounds familiar, don't it? And all the children of Israel complained. That's how it usually gets, okay? They complained against Moses and Aaron. It's always going to come against the leaders. And the whole congregation said to them, if only we had died in the land of Egypt, or if only we had died in this wilderness. I'm thinking to myself, well, then die. Good night. If you're so, you know, you're, I, I don't even get it, just how your mind works sometimes, okay? You say, oh, if we would have just died back there. Well, my thought is, then why don't, you know, why don't, what do you got to lose then? Move forward. Okay, if you die, then I guess you die at least trying. Right? But, but we don't want to go forward, as we're going to find out here, because we're afraid of what's going to happen to our families. But yet, you say out of your mouth, that, you know, we might as well live back there. I could have died back there. I could have, uh, you know, just die right here. And I'm thinking to myself, well, you're, you're getting what you're saying because that's exactly how it happened. You're going to die right here in the wilderness. Again, now again, I sound like I'm being a little bit, uh, a little bit uh, in your face here. But sometimes some of that mentality, I just, I, I just can't compute. Okay, some of this negativity stuff, I just, it just wear, rubs me wrong, okay? Because I just, it's just the mentality behind the thought process behind it just doesn't make any sense. Especially for a child of God. Man, the world's the world, okay? They don't know what else. They don't know who to lean on. Okay, that's why we stand firm in who we are. Hallelujah. We're the light. We're the example. We, we're there to give people hope. Not to jump in, you know, jump in the... In the, in the pool with them, so to speak, and get all panicked like they're panicked. Get all upset like they're upset. You know, start, you know, crossing lines with our, with our confession and our faith and, and, and backing up instead of moving forward. Then you're not of the world anymore. Oh, hallelujah. Whew. So they're all now complaining. Verse 3, why has the Lord brought us to this land to fall by the sword? That our wives, see this is, here it goes, that our wives and our children uh, should become victims. They talk about a victim mentality. Would it, would it not be better for us to return to Egypt? So they said to one another, let us select a leader and return to Egypt. Well, I could say a few things about that. So we're seeing all kinds of unfaithfulness and unthankfulness and disloyalty and self-pity and victim mentality, okay? All kinds of different things in here. Um, and so, uh, again, it comes right back to, to the way of thinking, okay? So, you know, the difference between what they have to face at this moment is no different than what the second generation 40 years later had to face, okay? Same thing, okay? So I'm just trying to bring something out to you. You can have all the way around you, uh, you know, factors of limitation all the way around you because of everything that goes on, okay? And there's a lot of stuff out there, a lot of stuff going on. 
okay? But that don't mean you got to yield to it. That don't mean that you got to, you know, submit yourself to, to limiting God because of how it looks or how it sounds or what somebody else said or some news report, okay? And again, I know sometimes I get on this and I want to get on my soapbox real quick here, you know, but, uh, you know, uh, but I, I'm just saying, okay, uh, we're not denying all the stuff that gets said and stuff that goes on. We're not even denying the existence of, of, of uh, some virus, okay? But my goodness, we're children of God. We have the greater one on the inside of us, okay? And, and these uh, children of Israel at this time frame, okay, the same God that delivered them out of Egypt, the same God that wa- literally they walked across a, a sea that split and they even, the word says they even walked across on dry ground. I mean, we're talking, we're, we're talking about, talk about miracles, phenomenal things. And then they get over the other side and the whole thing closes in on the enemy in a matter of seconds, their enemy is eliminated. And now these people are saying, we should go back there. I'm thinking, really? See, it just, it just don't compute. But see what happens? When you kind of have a, a limit uh, mentality, a, uh, you know, you're caught up more in natural things. So you start thinking kind of squarely, okay? You start thinking, okay, that, this, the, that God is nowhere to be found or something. And remember, these people right now, at this moment, see, even for the next 40 years that they wander in the wilderness, they still have a pillar of fire at night, a pillar of cloud by day. God's still manifesting through water pouring through a rock, manna raining down from heaven every day, quail, flocks of quail come through every day. They always had enough water, always had enough food, always had, uh, you know, the presence of God there with them all the time. But it's just a mindset. So think about that, okay? So we're talking about a man with a different spirit. Well, you can't, you can't maintain a mindset that, you know, you're always going to be under. You're never going to have enough. You're, you're, you're not going to be able to fulfill. You're not going to finish. You can't be. You can't do. You've got to eliminate that kind of thinking. That's what makes you different than the world. I mean, the world, I mean, what do we, the world needs something to look at and see to point them in the right direction. And child of God, it's you and me. That's why you're the salt. You're the light. You're the difference maker. You're the influencer. Okay? You are. Well, if, if we're going to talk like the world does and think like the world does, well, it's hard to influence anybody. It's hard to point them toward God when you're not even believing God yourself. Now, I know that was kind of a blunt statement, wasn't it? But it really, when you break it down, that's what it comes down to. You know, are we believing God or not? All right? And that's what Caleb has a hard time with here. All right? Uh, let's see here. Uh, verse 5 now says, So Moses and Aaron fell on their faces before all the assembly of the congregation of the children of Israel. In other words, so, you know, they're just, you know, you know thinking everything. You know, they can't even believe themselves either. Verse 6, But Joshua the son of Nun and Caleb the son of uh, Jephunneh, Okay, uh, all were among those who had spied out the lamb. They all also, they tore their clothes and they spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel saying, uh, here we go, uh, the land we pass through to spy out is an exceedingly good land. If the Lord delights in us, then he will bring us into this land and give it to us, a land which flows with milk and honey. Only do not rebel against the Lord. Which is exactly what they were doing. Nor fear the people of the land, which is exactly what they were doing. For they are our bread. Their protection has departed from them. The Lord is with us. Do not fear them. And of course, the next verse is now the, these children of Israel are picking up stones to stone them. I'm like, good night. Okay, so it's just crazy. Okay, crazy thinking. But... What we're seeing is a man, you know, in Caleb, of course, that's who we're focusing on, but both Joshua and Caleb, okay, 
uh, were together in this, okay? And uh, we're seeing men who would not limit God. All right, so with that said, let's, let's go to Psalms 78, please. Psalm 78. Psalm 78. This is kind of one of those texts I enjoy. Um, in verse 40, it says this, How often, talking about the children of Israel now, how often, this is a psalm about them actually, how often they provoked him in the wilderness and grieved him in the desert. Okay, they grieved him in the desert. Yes, again and again they tempted God. All right, how, how, how did they do that? Well, they limited the Holy One of Israel. Let me read that verse again. Yes, again and again they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Well, how did they do that? They did not remember His power or His hand the day when He redeemed them from the enemy. That was the biggest thing. They, they would have just remembered what God did for them. Just, I mean, in this case, maybe, you know, you know, you know days earlier, how they got delivered out of Egypt, the Red Sea experience, experiencing all that God is, was doing on a day-to-day basis, okay, for them. They did not remember God's hand or God's power. They did not remember uh, when God redeemed them from the Egyptians, all right? I think I put down a couple different verses. If you kind of back up in this chapter, again, still talking about the children of Israel, it says, because they did not believe God and did not trust in their salvation, or literally means their deliverance, okay? So they didn't, they didn't remember, they didn't trust, okay? If you back up even more, it, it brings out... Um, uh, the uh, talking really talking about the difference between the first generation and the second generation a little bit here, but it says uh, it was talking about that. Uh, well, I'll just read the verse. It says that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God. So in, in context, he's talking about that. That's the whole thing that the the second generation needed to understand about the first generation was that they they forgot about the works of God. Okay, they did not remember His power. Okay, they didn't trust in His salvation, His deliverance. They didn't, uh, they didn't um, uh, uh, you know, keep in, in mind the works of God, what He's done. As a result of it, okay, they lose out on the promised land. But the next generation, see, they go in and they take, they take that to mind. Okay, my fathers, okay, didn't, you know, keep in mind what God had done. Well, the next generation, they did. They, they started keeping in mind what God was going to do. And if you recall, when they go over into that promised land, again, this, the, the, the river parts, they go across. Amen. First place is Jericho. I mean, and all that happened in Jericho. So we, what we have is another generation now going in, and because they're remembering the works of God. And as a result of it, God moves on their behalf. Amen. They, they keep in mind the works of God. The, uh, you know, they keep in mind uh, the day that they got delivered. And they keep in mind, amen, how God will protect them. Amen. And, of course, they move forward. As, and because they move forward, the river parts. Because they move forward, the walls of Jericho come down. All right? See, these are all things that God's showing Himself strong on their behalf. But what was the difference between The first generation and second generation, the second generation didn't limit God, all right? And that mindset come out of guys like Caleb and Joshua, okay? These are men that had this no limit, amen, way of thinking. God can do this, praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, glory to God. Let's go back. uh, Let's go now to Joshua. Chapter 14, please. Joshua, chapter 14. Hallelujah. And we're going to kind of pick up here. Um, This is after they've already now basically taken the land. They're now dividing the land out. Um, I know we're kind of skipping a lot of different things here. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. I think, uh, you know, when we're talking about, you know, not limiting God, maybe I need to toss this out there. You know, if we're not meditating on what God has done and what God will do, like if we're not meditating on, you know, the, you know, the signs and wonders and miracles, the history, so to speak, of what God has done, and at the same time attaching our our way of thinking to the promises that He's promising you and me, Amen. What happens is you 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 live in limits. Um, you know, I bring this out a lot of times. So uh, you know, for those that have heard me say it many times, I don't mean to bore you with it, but you know, this word is a language of potential, a language uh, where there are no limits. Everything and anything is possible. In God, because it's a language of potential, all things possible. Now, out there in the world, um, and we see it day to day. We we're reminded of it. If you're somebody that you know keeps up on the news, or uh, you know you're uh, you know you're listening to all the reports out there and everything, out there is nothing but a, it's a different type of language, but it's limits. It's it's a language of limits. Okay. And so what God's trying to do is get you out of limit thinking into potential thinking, a higher realm, a realm of possibility, we could say. Because if you're not going to sit and think on that, then you're always going to maintain a way of thinking. Even though you're saved, even though you're heaven bound, we're not taking away your salvation, but you know, you didn't get just get saved so that one day you get to go to heaven. I mean, part of that, you know, work that was done for you and me was to give you a place of dominion and authority here on planet Earth that you can live in a place of victory and success here on planet Earth before you ever get to heaven. That's like the icing on the cake, you know, but... We get to live in victory and success right here in a place of victory every day, you know, triumph, amen, in God, uh, and, and the price has been paid so you can have that. But if you don't ever set your mind on that kind of thing, then what happens is you're going to think just like the world does. You ain't going to think any different. And even though you've got the greater one with you and in you and all the, uh, you know, things of God and the Spirit are at your disposal, you're still going li- you're, you're to think limits, all right? And so don't think. I mean, when we start thinking about all of this, and this is why it says that we're supposed to, you know, for our admonition, for our instruction, you know, and even Matthew, or probably Hebrews 12 brings out, you know, that, you know, don't think that what happened to them wouldn't happen to you. I mean, that's a pretty bold statement. So if you're going to think like, like this first generation thought, then the same things are going to happen to you. Now, I'm trying to do, and what the Spirit of God's trying to do, you know, with, with, with what we're bringing across to you here today, is that you don't have to think with limits because you've got a God that's unlimited. All things are possible, right? Nothing's too hard for God, all right? He just needs a people that'll believe and, won't, and not limit Him. Amen. Okay, so back to Joshua. Let's go Joshua 14, please. And uh, verse 6 says this, Then the children of of Judah came uh, to Joshua at Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of uh, Jephunneh, uh, the Kenizzite, said to him, You know, talking about Caleb now, You know the word which the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, concerning you and me and, and Kadesh Barnea, I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me uh, from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. So at that time, he was 40 years old. And I brought back word to him, and it was uh, in my heart. uh, Yeah, it was in my heart. Nevertheless, my brethren who went up with me made the heart of the people melt, but I wholly followed the Lord my God, right? So Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land uh, where your foot has trodden, uh, shall be your inheritance and your children's forever because you have wholly followed the Lord your God. Okay, we already talked about that. And now, behold, the Lord has kept me alive 
as he said, these 45 years. So now what's that make him? Okay, 40 plus 45. My math's right. It's 85. Okay, so he's 85 years old. Ever since the Lord spoke this word to Moses while Israel wandered in the wilderness, and now here I am this day, 85 years old, as yet I am as strong this day as on that day, right? On the day that Moses sent me, just as my strength was then, so now is my strength for war, both for going out and for coming in. That's a one bold uh, fella here, praise God, right? Talking about, you know, this dogged determination. Even 45 years later, right, he's 85 years old, ain't nothing holding him back, all right, right? Holy followed God, right? Come on. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. All right, that's my last thing here. Uh, give me this mountain spirit. When you're talking about a different spirit, okay, it, it kind of it comes right here. This kind of puts it all. Give me my mountain. What you promised me is mine. Praise God. Give me this mountain of which the Lord spoke in that day. And you heard in that day how uh, Anakim uh, were there uh, and the cities were great and fortified. It may be that the Lord will be with me and I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord has said. Amen. Let's go on. Joshua blessed him and gave uh, Hebron uh, uh, to Caleb, the son of Jephunneh, as an inheritance. Okay, Hebron uh, therefore became the inheritance of Caleb. Uh, the son of Jephunneh, uh, the Kenizzite, okay, to this day because he wholly followed the Lord God of Israel. Now, get that. Okay, I don't know if you caught that. Okay, okay, I'm going in there again. Okay, now he's already been, they've already kind of went in and conquered everything. Now they're dividing up the land. He says, give me that. And he says, I know there's still people on that mountain that I'm going to have to let them know who's boss. This is where we get king of the mountain thing. I, I don't know anyway. But anyway, uh, he went in there. He's going to be king of the mountain. All right, this mountain's mine. All right, it's been promised me and I'm taking it. And if any of you want to get in my way, you'll regret it. So they may look at him in the natural and say, you're 85 years old, son. And he say, I don't care. It don't matter how old I am. This is my mountain. And I don't think you want to mess with me. All right, this is my mountain. All right, so what, what we see with a different spirit in Caleb is a man who says, give me my mountain kind of spirit. All right? Give me what's mine, my inheritance. I'm going all the way. I'm not just going to fulfill what I'm called to do. I'm taking what's mine. I mean, there's something to be said about that. All right? So, praise the Lord. I put, uh, guess what? Romans 8. Yeah, how about that? Huh? Romans 8. Hallelujah. Isn't it amazing? I always seem to find a verse out of Romans 8. Well, anyway. Romans 8, verse 37. Yet in all these things... We are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. No matter what you're dealing with, okay? In, in, in context, of course, He's talking about, you know, can anything, you know, all the pressures here and the pressures there uh, separate us from the love of God? Can any of that separate you from God? No, not one, one thing. Yet in all these things, we're more than conquerors. He goes on to say, I'm persuaded that neither life nor death nor, uh, you know, things present, things to come, height nor depth nor any other created thing. All these things he mentions. He says, ain't none of that stuff going to separate me from the love of God. I'm persuaded God's with me. And I'm persuaded, amen, that what God has promised, he's going to do. I'm persuaded that my God will never leave me nor forsake me. I'm persuaded, all right? So give me my mountain. Oh, praise God. Give me my mountain, amen. We take ground. We don't cope. We conquer. We don't settle. Amen. We don't quit. We don't give up. Oh, hallelujah. 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 First John in 4 and verse 4 says, you know, uh, uh, says that you're of God, little children, and, and you've overcome them because greater is he who's in you than he who's in the world. In other words, you're an overcomer because the greater one's on the inside of you. He's not saying you're an overcomer just based on your own strength or your own abilities. He's not saying you're uh, more than a conqueror because, you know, you're all by yourself. No, it's, it's in, you know, strictly like willpower or something like that. No, we're talking about a spirit because of the spirit is on the inside. We're not talking to you about anything here, just trying to, you know, get you all, you know, excited or motivated based on some you know, false facade here. We're trying to get tell you who you are and what's in you. And because of that, you can do this. You can be this. You can fulfill this. You can get her done. 
Because God is with you. God is in you. God is for you. Praise God. Hallelujah. I um, am reminded of a, a man named Nehemiah. And I don't know, maybe one of these days we'll hear soon, we might maybe bring him up as one of our uh, patriarchs of faith to look at. But he makes a statement where that whole deal is when they're rebuilding the wall. And, and, um, and he makes a statement in Nehemiah 4 and 14. He says, you know, don't be, uh, don't be afraid of your enemy. Uh, you know, don't be afraid of them, your enemies, and what they're saying, what they're doing. He said, remember, I love this again, saying the same thing with, with, with Psalms brought out. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord, great and awesome. And he goes, and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, and your houses. He says, remember the Lord. Remember what God has done. And know that God is still at work. So all he needs is you to connect and stay connected and and step forward. Take your mountain. Fight for what's yours. Don't let the enemy in your household. Don't let him steal from you. Don't let him, you know, take your babies away and, 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 and bring you nothing but uh, poverty and debt and sickness and disease. Stand your ground, child of God. Be who God's called you to be. Don't you dare back down to the evil report that some... some a worldly thing said, you're not of that spirit. You're not of that realm any longer. You're of a higher place, a higher realm, a realm of possibility. You're, you you got the word, a language of potential at your disposal. A God who said he'd never leave you, with you and by your side, in you. Hallelujah. That's why you overcome. That's why you conquer. And I'm going to close with this verse, okay? I'm going to go to uh, a verse that... I don't know, I just think it, it kind of says some things, but Ephesians 2, or pardon me, Ephesians 3 and uh, verse 20, one of those verses, a lot of times we remember, but um, sometimes we, we soon seem to forget. Ephesians 3 and verse 20 says, Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power, amen, dunamos, okay, Miracle-working power. But listen, he's able to do what right? he's able to do. He's he's able to do. In fact, it just gets done talking about that love to understand the the depth of that love that God has for you, and because of that love, he is able to do exceedingly abundantly. Right? What does that say? Exceedingly abundantly above all that you could even ask or think. Now, I think myself, I can ask pretty big, and I can think pretty big. Right? But he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that's at work in you. That's what it's contingent on. That word works is inner jail. Okay, what's what's at, it's activated or energized or working in you. Okay, so if if you're not if you're not thinking these kind of things or letting these things work in you, then you're not that verse don't even apply to you then. Because as far as you know, you know, that love of God don't mean nothing to you. And he's not able to do it. So you're going to back down every time the pressure's on because you, you have no concept of the love that God has for you, no concept of the power that, that backs him up. You have no concept of a God that's with you, a God that's on your side. If that is not working in you, then that verse 20 doesn't apply to you. Now, it's your promise. It's given to you, but it won't apply to you if you don't get it working in you. That's a pretty big, uh, pretty big statement there. You got to get it working in you. You got to get this flowing in you. Amen. Oh, glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Let me look over my notes, make sure I'm not forgetting something here. Hallelujah. We're talking about a mindset, um, you know, of uh, maybe a no limits mindset, a mindset that take my mountain kind of spirit. Um, when we're talking about that, we're not, um, we're not just talking about believing bigger in itself. I mean, that's part of it, but that's not all of it, okay? We're also talking about an attitude about keeping, uh, keeping yourself moving forward. And I hope you're, you're hearing that today. 
I just thought I'd better throw that out there, okay? So when I'm talking about, you know, all things possible, it's not just so you can just ask bigger or just think bigger. See, he's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you can ask or think according to the power that's at work. It's not just so you can ask bigger or just so you can think bigger, but in the context of everything we're talking about today, it's about moving forward. Remember, this is how the whole thing started. He fully followed God. So he wasn't just, you know, in a place where he could think bigger or believe bigger. He was in a place where he wasn't about to stop. He's going to complete this thing. So this whole thing that we're even talking about, and really in context, even in Ephesians uh, 3 here, it's talking about the whole reason for this is so you keep moving. You keep going forward. Because remember, it's how you finish, not just how you start. It's how you finish. Amen. I hope you got something today. Father, we give praise and glory right now. Thankful for a people of God who had ears to hear and a heart to receive today. Thankful, Lord God, that the eyes of their understanding were enlightened. Thank you, Lord God, for a people that have a different spirit. Hallelujah. No compromise and no give up. Praise God. No quit spirit. Hallelujah. A people, Lord God, who go out and take their mountain. A people, Lord God, that won't limit God. They believe and they trust in a good God that's always with them and always on their side. Father, I'm thankful for this people. And I'm thankful, Lord God, that stirred them up. Praise God. Stirring them up to move forward to finish, to complete, to go the distance, to go all the way. And for that, we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message. We'd like to take this opportunity to encourage those listening from anywhere in Central Oregon to join us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 p.m. for our regular services. We understand that many do not have a home church, and we can't emphasize enough the importance of connecting with a church family. We'd be honored to meet you and spend time with you, praising God.